0: Let's open our Bibles, uh, Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, we're halfway through the book of Colossians, it kind of moves from um, a doctrinal kind of teaching, theological, different words like that, spiritual emphasis in the first two books to the practical, Well, how do we apply that in chapters 3 and 4, some more practical stuff, because it's always got to go from just the head to the heart, it's gotta, it can't just get stuck in the head, it's got to go to the heart too. We saw last time, though, um, speaking about the reality. We talked about reality shows, and and uh, we found that the reality is says in here in chapter two, <clears throat> in verse uh, seventeen, says these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The real thing is found in Jesus, not in the latest reality show, but. Uh, found in Jesus Christ, not in being religious, just being a religious person, but in a personal relationship with Jesus. That's that's what reality is. That's the substance. That's the truth. That's the actual life. And we can pretend and get all puffed up and kind of act like we're better than other people, but but, uh, when we do, we've lost connection with the head, with Jesus. And that's how we grow. That's what holds us together. That's what gets us going forward our relationship with Jesus. So watch out for the detours, and, and we need to keep it simple and keep it real and that, that joyful, simple, joyful walk in Jesus, as uh, one person said, that's what we need. Now today, uh, we're going to look at chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and uh, how many of you heard this, have heard the saying that you can be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, or you can be so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good? How many of you heard that saying? Some of you have heard that saying. Well, let me ask the question, which one are you? And let's be honest about it. Most of us, really, we're we're really in the second category. We're very earthly minded. We're kind of consumed. We're bogged down by the things of this world. We're so locked into what's going on all around us. We haven't got a lot of thoughts up in, in in the heaven, in the heavenlies. But I want to ask you a question. I I don't know if I agree with this state that statement uh, all all of it. Anyways, is it is it really possible to be too heavenly minded? No. No, it really isn't, because because I don't think being heavenly minded is going to hurt anyone. We're afraid of it sometimes. I don't want to be you know so spiritual. I don't want to be you know. Uh, you know, might, might blow people away or they'll call me names or, or different things like that. Somebody said this, contrary to popular opinion, being heavenly minded always inspires us to be more earthly good. Thus our goal as Christians must be to set our minds on things above and faithfully serve the Lord. I think the more heavenly minded we are, the more earthly good we are. You know, people come up with these phrases. I'm not even totally sure who came up with that one. Um, but, you know, it's sort of like godliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, you look for it in the Bible. You can't find it, but everybody thinks it's true. And it's from the Bible. So you can look that one up. You're not going to find that in there. You're going to find that, you know, the closer we are to the Lord, the more God's going to use us to reach people here on the earth. The more earthly good we will become, the more we're in tune and in touch with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's, it's really about what's important to us and, and where our treasures are. Uh, some of you have been around a while. Jim talked about 32 years. There was a song that, that uh, was around called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. How many of you, you remember that song? Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's good, huh? The things of earth will grow strangely dim. It's what's bright. What what are we looking at? What are we focusing on? So let's look in chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Since then you have been raised with Christ, he says, this is what you should do. Again, this is the practical things he says. Well, this is what we should do. It's a practical thing to set our hearts and our minds on things above because of who we are. We, we saw in earlier chapters we were dead. And now we're alive. We were far from Him. We were separate from Him. And now we're aligned with Him. We're in Him. We're identified with Him like we saw a couple of weeks ago. We're with Him. I'm with Him. But I can't really say I'm with Him if all I'm thinking about is the things of this earth. One man said this, the spiritual meaning is that we have said goodbye to the former way of life and have entered into a completely new way of life that is the risen the life of the risen lord Jesus Christ something has happened if we've truly been born again by the spirit of god we believed in him we've given our hearts and lives to him we we realize that that we are lost without him and we need to define the truth something has happened he says since then you have been raised with Christ set your minds set your hearts on things above on things above Jesus in heaven, we were talking, we sang about it today, Jim was talking about it, the throne of God. Psalm 123 says, I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven. I lift up my eyes to you. Now, can you all look up for a second? See that? See, you had to do something, right? Right? You know, looking down, you're not going to really see what's up there, but you had to look up, you had to kind of do something to see, oh, I never looked at that ceiling before. Interesting. He says, I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven. It's something that, that he did. He says, I lift up my eyes to you. We're not normally looking that way. Paul said in Ephesians that we... That God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. There's a, again about being identified with Him that we're a part of, of heaven now. And yet we never look up. He says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. This word To set your heart is to, it means to seek or to strive for earnestly. Earnestly look up. Look up. Maybe we could title this message, Look Up, because that's what we need to do. We need to look up. In the book of Revelation, it says every creature... John heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. This is the picture of what's happening in heaven, this this picture of worship, this picture of the Almighty God. Jesus there at the right hand of God, set your hearts on things above where where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. There's a whole study we could do on that, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. It says in in Romans that he is at the right hand of God and he's also interceding for, for us. He's actually speaking to the Father on our behalf. That in itself is something that we should be looking up and seeing and noticing. And, and because of God's word teaches us that, that should encourage us that we have somebody that's speaking to the Father, praying for us, interceding for us. That should encourage us. That should give us a, a, a reason to look up. But we're so busy, aren't we? We're just so busy. So many things to do why do you think Paul is making the case here? Why do you think Paul is saying this two times, he says it? To set our hearts, to set our minds on things above. Why do you think he's telling us these things? Because we need to hear, we need to to think about, well, where is our focus? What is our focus? I want you to turn back to Matthew chapter 6 with me. Matthew chapter 6 and verses that you know, but... um, it never hurts to read them again, right? You know that's that idea of well, have I read I read the Bible once and I'm all good now. You're good for nothing, is what you are. No, God's Word is living and active. I'm talking to the kids at West Bay uh, Val. Was, we call her Mrs. Freitas. There, we're not allowed to use first names. Mrs. Freitas um, is. Is there, and we're talking to the kids. I'm talking to the kids about God's word that it's living, it's active, it's alive, and it's God is using it to speak into our lives and our hearts today, not just back then. Look at chapter six, verse nineteen, part of the, the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most incredible um, speeches or sermons that was ever given. In verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Those are pretty powerful words, aren't they? Mm -hmm. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Paul said, set your hearts, your minds on things above. And and the things that we treasure, where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. Back in in, uh, Colossians, he says, set your minds on, on things above, not on earthly things. Again, he's saying we need to look up. Look up. The literal translation is, is, is that there of, of habitually setting your minds, your attention on things above, not on things on the earth. Say, okay, I can't take any more of this. You know? Don't you know the world that I live in? Don't you know what my life is like? I think so. I live here too. And, you know, I've been reading these verses and thinking about it. It's like, man, how can you even do that? Don't you know the stuff that's going on? God, how can I, you know? And I made a little list here of things that take our attention. Bills. Health problems. Exercise so you don't have health problems? If you, if you have a house that you need to take care of, you've got to fix things, you've got to paint things, you got to maintain things, and then when, when something leaks, you've got to tear it apart and then fix it again? And as soon as you fix one thing, guess what happens? How about relationships? Relationship problems, don't you know? Don't you know, Rich, that uh, I'm—I've I'm, got relationship problems. I got stuff going on. I, you know, I, I got to take—I got to focus on this stuff. How many of you have a computer? How many hours have you spent trying to fix your computer if it goes bad, and then you don't fix it anyways? You call the geeks, and they come and fix it for you. And nowadays, too, the cell phones. Man, it's just look around in the world, and everybody's got their they got their face in their in their little thing, their little device. How about work? You gotta you gotta you gotta take care of work, right? Don't you know I got a responsible job? I got to take care of the the stuff there. I got to do my thing there. And then you got problems down there, and things are not working the way they should, and the money's not there, and the you know the. The customers haven't come or whatever it is. Or do any of you have any car problems? Cars, why don't they just make them so they will not break down? I mean, can't you just design something that will not break down? Some of you are engineers in here. Like, engineer it. Get it done. I'm tired of working on cars. And then there's entertainment. we got to have our entertainment. i got to be looking at the stuff I need to watch and, and keep up with those cooking shows. You know, there's a lot of good cooking shows on now. They make stuff that you'd never, you know, it's, it's fun to watch them make all that stuff, but like, who's ever going to go out and buy all those little things that they use and, they, you know, and then go home and make that stuff? You always say, yeah, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go, I'll look at the website, I'll find out what, you know, what I need, I'll go get that stuff, and you never do. You can almost taste it. I think that the, you know, they should engineer that the, that the, the smell should come through the TV set. You can almost smell these things they're making, and maybe then you really would. Don't you know the kind of world I live in set my mind on, on heavenly things, on things above, not on earthly things? like, there's too much, too much. Going on. But isn't that why we should be looking up? Really, that's why we should be looking up. When things are going good and when things are going bad, we need to look up. Look up, he says. Look up. Go back to Philippians. A few pages. Philippians chapter 3. We studied this a few months back. Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny, those that are the enemies of the cross of Christ, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and their mind is where? unearthly things. I don't want to be included in that category of those people. Not that I'm any better than them, but, but, but he says in verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And our destiny is not destruction, it's eternal life. Our God is the Almighty God and our glory is found in Him. And Paul says we should be putting our mind on heavenly things, on things above He says here, We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That's another reason to look up, I think. He's going to fix the things that are going wrong. He's going to give us a new body. He's going to transform us and our heavenly bodies. You can't just be thinking about the stuff here all the time. Now, does that mean that we don't take care of things? No, it means that we do take care of things. We're responsible, and the Bible talks about us being responsible people. But because we have a perspective where we, 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 we know what heaven's all about, we know who is sitting on the throne, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We, we have a perspective of Him, and we bring that into our lives, you know, and, and, it, and it affects the people around us. Well, you know what, this is, you know, I know you're having some troubles here and now, but, but, you know, we need to look up. And when you look up, you'll see that Jesus is still on the throne. He's still there at the right hand. He's still interceding for you and for me. And, and you know what, that, that this really isn't all it is anyway, so don't put everything, don't put all your apples in this basket. Because this basket has a big hole in it. And it's going nowhere. You want to plan for the future, you've got to put your treasures in heaven. It's not in the things of the earth. The treasures of earth. Treasures on earth. Warren Wiersbe says our minds must be in heaven our feet must be on earth but our minds must be in heaven it's it is kind of a challenge for us to do that because our spirit wants to but our flesh is going no but you got to do this you got to do that you got to think about all this stuff take a moment though take a moment and say well well stop stop everything I need to look up how long does it take it changes our perspective Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, back a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just before Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. He says, Therefore... therefore, you look back to see why it's therefore. He says in verse 14, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus, present us with you in his presence. Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day because we're looking up. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. The stuff is 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 bad. We're wasting away. We're groaning under these things, he says. Earlier, he, you know, he says we're pressed on every side but not crushed. We're going through these things. But there's actually a purpose in it. Our light and momentary trouble is achieving for us an eternal glory that far, far outweighs them all. Say, but you don't know all the problems I have. Well, if you can look at it from God's perspective, he says, yeah, but there's a purpose in that and, and all things work together for my good. Those that love God, that are the called in Christ Jesus. John Corson said, "I'm convinced that God will send a trial a day your way, just to keep you homesick for heaven. A trial a day. That's like that. You know those vitamins, one a day. Trials do." tend to keep us looking up to heaven, to our future. We don't like them. I I don't like it at all. I hate trials. I wish I could just avoid them all. But he says, look up. Back in Colossians now. He says, look up. Look up, he says. Verse 3, for you died. He says, for you died and your life is now Hidden with Christ in God. You die, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Our our life is now wrapped up in Him. So shouldn't that make us look heavenwards? Heavenwards? Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Galatians, he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But what? Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer... He says, you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We're wrapped up in Him. Paul says, don't you know? Don't you know who you are? Don't you know what's happened? Set your hearts, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's not obvious to the world. It's it's a spiritual thing that we're wrapped up in in this bundle of life with our Lord Jesus Christ. Warren Wiersbe talks about this this, uh, thing that happened. He said, years ago, I heard a story about two sisters who enjoyed attending dances and wild parties, and then they were converted and they found new life in Christ. They received an invitation to a party, And they sent their RSVP in these words. We regret we cannot attend because we recently died. I died and my life is wrapped up, hidden with Christ in God. Should it affect the way we live? If it doesn't, hmm. Not always obvious to the world. Verse 4, he says, when Christ who is your life. Our life's hidden with Christ in God. Now he says, verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Christ, who is your life. The whole theme of the book of Colossians is the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And here he brings it out again. Christ is your life. He's your very life. You know, this is the the kind of phrase is where we put our focus and our time, you know. Golfing is my life. How many of you ever said that? Golfing is my life. Out there chasing that little white ball. What kind of life is that? (laughs) My work is my life. Sports is my life. The Patriots. NASCAR is my life. Just go around and around in circles. I mean, life is just going around in circles. No, no, no. He says, Christ, who is your life. That's another reason to keep looking up. He says, your life, Christ who is your life, he's going to appear. He's coming back. He's he's going to return. That's, a, that's another big reason for us to be looking up because we're looking to wait and watching to see him in his return. We want to be looking. We don't want to be all consumed with the things of this world and all of a sudden he shows up and we weren't watching. There's parables about that. They weren't looking, they weren't watching. Look up because he says he's going to return. And what's he going to find us doing? Is he going to find us looking and watching and waiting? Or is he going to find us like consumed with all kinds of insanity? Our citizenship is in heaven. He says, we eagerly await a Savior from there. I read it to you. We read it. He's going to transform our lowly bodies. They'll be like his glorious body. Look up. God will take care of the things down here. You know, he's, he's able to do that. He's faithful. He's able to do that. He's able to take care of the things down here. We think, well, we got to take care of it all. Well, we have to, we have to show up, but, but we need to be looking up and saying, God, this trial, what is it all about? I don't know. And we look up and get some perspective, and he understands it way better than we do. Say, God, I need some wisdom. I, I'm looking up to you for the wisdom to deal with this situation down here. And it's amazing how he will give us the wisdom and help us in those situations. But so often he just kind of lets us go and do our thing until we finally say, you know what, I can't figure this out, I've got to look up. And then you look up and he goes, wow, I've been kind of waiting for you to look up. It's kind of cool that you're looking up now because I've been waiting so I could tell you like what's going on in this situation and what you need to do, who you need to be. Let's turn back again to Matthew chapter 6. That Sermon on the Mount again. Matthew chapter 6 this time. Actually, we were in 6 last time, weren't we? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. He says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Those are pretty earthly things, aren't they? Worrying about those things. He says, for the pagans, they run after all these things. That's like consume. That's what it's all about. Get getting these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. He knows what's going on down here. But he says, Jesus says, these are his words, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first, look up. Seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and he's going to take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. This quote I'll finish with from John Corson. He says, The only people who are truly happy on earth are those whose hearts are in heaven. It says, the people who are truly content are those who constantly realize that this world is not where it's at. On the other hand, those who try to find happiness here are perpetually frustrated. The possessions they purchase are never quite what they were supposed to be. Isn't that true? Man, you save up and you plan and you do all the research, you read all the reviews, you buy this thing and you get it home and you go like, man, it's not quite, it didn't really hit the spot. The relationships they form are never as satisfying as they thought they would be. If I only had a better wife. Where is she? If I only had a wife. If I only had a husband. If I only had. I've been married a long time, you know. And I love my wife, but Jesus is the one who's going to meet the needs of my deepest parts of my heart. Nothing against her. I can't meet the deepest needs in her life either i've've I've got to go to Jesus. I've got to look up. He said they. The dreams they pursue are never as fulfilling as they hoped they would be. Nothing is ever quite right until we realize, hey, it's not here. And when a person finally understands that heaven is where it's at, he's free to enjoy life. It doesn't make us no earthly good when we become heavenly minded. It makes life worth living here, you see. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus Hebrews says, the author, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. So, when things are going bad, what should we do? When things are going good, what should we do? When you're really, 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 really busy, what should you do? When you're really bored, when you're really strong, when you're really weak, when you're really happy, when you're really sad. So it's just a habit, you know. It's just, and, and we have to teach ourselves, force ourselves, train ourselves. To look up. What was that scripture I just thought of? Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Look up. He's coming back for us. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we thank you for all that you've given to us. It's more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, and Lord, we uh, just want to take a moment here to, to stop. And, and I, I know that these folks are here today because they have stopped their busy lives and they have, they've put uh, things uh, on the back burner so they could come here and, and uh, take this hour and a half to, to, to change their focus and think about something beyond the earthly things and to look unto you and, and to seek after you. And, and I know that's why they're here. And so I want to encourage each and every person here as we're praying to, to uh, connect with our God and Savior and to look up because He loves you and He wants to uh, give you everything you need for life and godliness. He wants to guide your life and show you and, and give you the strength and the, and the hope and the courage and the courage. That you need in this life, and He wants to, He wants you to know that He's preparing that place. As we heard earlier, He's preparing a place up in heaven for us, and 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 uh, keep looking because He's coming back, and He's going to take us to be with Him. And it will be glorious. And we look ahead. We look up to you, Father, for that which Your Son is preparing for us. God, I pray that You'd help us to to be people that are always looking up. Always looking up. No matter what. Despite the things that are going on. Maybe because of the things that are going on, we're looking up. We look up. Father, thank you for your word. May it go deeply into our lives and hearts. And may we truly have a reality of relationship with you as we keep our eyes on you. I want to close and pray as well this morning for people who have never given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. You've never believed or trusted in Him. Today is a good day, November 4, 2012, to start a new life. very simple to do. It's with your heart. You simply call out to him and you simply say, Jesus, I, I, I'm i lost and I need to find the answers to life. And I, and I come to you right now and I ask you to be what these people have talked about, the Lord and Savior of my life. It's very simple. Just pray and ask him and give him your life. Stop trying to do it on your own. You can't. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to like the cars going around in a circle, mm-hmm. spinning, crashing, round and around. You've got to look up, look unto Jesus, the Author and self, Author and Finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for each person here. Help each one of us, Lord. We need to follow you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.